Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich. Thanks for joining us. Hey, SBF has gone full gangster. Two ladies get their not-so-great dad arrested. And I want to give you an example of something. And let me know, would you charge this guy with murder? And an attorney is having really kind of a bad day. Uh, but let me give you an example of that as well. And then our dumb criminal of the day. Well, let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. All right. Day two in Charlotte. Just recently finished a court appearance. First thing this morning. Lovely courthouse. I love old courthouses that are made new on the inside, but still have that beautiful motif uh, so to speak, of the old. They're just gorgeous. Other than these new, modern glass monstrosities that they want to build, the courthouse here in Charlotte for the uh, uh, Western District, the Federal Western District of uh, North Carolina, very lovely courtrooms. All right, let's go ahead and get to the docket. You remember Sam Bankman Freed. That's right, he's awaiting sentencing, looking at about 115 years uh, in prison after he was found guilty of various uh, crimes relating to wire fraud and other types of fraud, given his uh, Bitcoin venture that didn't quite go so well. So he's been sitting around stewing, and since he's already scored a victory because the whole money laundering charges that he was going to have due to the illegal donation charges to politicians got dismissed. I know, got dismissed. Why? Because they're going to have to bring in all the politicians to say, yes, I received money from Sam Bankman-Fried. Oh, and I guess he was wanted me to influence my vote in some way by getting this money. They didn't want that embarrassment, so they dismissed that. But old Sam Bankman-Fried, he can adapt to his environment, whether he was going to, you know, fancy school, working at a big hedge fund, or starting his own little fund hanging out in the Bahamas. He can't adapt. Take a look at this photo. Look at that. Second from the right, there's SBF. Remember he had the crazy hair when he was uh, being arrested down in the Bahamas? And then he got himself all gussied up to go to court and threw on a shirt. Now he's hanging with the boys. He is hanging, being an OG. Look at that guy. He is mixing it up. So somehow this photo is taken and... It's, it's now out there. But let me give you an example, all right? When you go to prison, there are a couple of things you don't want to be. First, you don't want to be somebody that does things to children. That's bad, whether it's a sexual or an abusive nature, because guess what? Just about everybody in prisons had a pretty screwed up childhood, and you know they don't take kindly on people that do bad things to children and basically screw up their lives and basically wind up in prison. You also don't want to be a snitch. So old SBF, he's got to find a financial crime. The dude was a billionaire. He's going to be treated like a rock star in custody by his fellow inmates. And um, some of the people that uh, have talked about old SBF while he's in, in uh, custody say he's good to go. He's uh, eating good and he is uh, getting in shape. He's also um, has a little more streak care than old 
Takashi Six Nine. Remember that guy, the rapper who wanted to be gangster, or gangster rapper, was whatever he was. He looked ridiculous, but the reality of it is, he was a snitch. And the people that are hanging out with Sam Bankman-Fried are saying that he is good to go because he's not a snitch. Now they also say he is weird. He is one weird dude, but he is good to go. He's probably obviously smarter than most of the people in custody in prison there or at the holding facility. Uh, but the reality of it is he probably has some respect, not only for the crimes that he was committed of. I mean, let's face it. He was basically accused of stealing $32 billion. That gets you some street cred. So SBF adapting to his environment. He's going to do just fine when he serves. I'm going to guess when we go back for sentencing, I'm going to guess he gets about 32 years. That's just my guess. All right, next on the docket, these girls help track down their not-so-great dad. Okay, so take a look at this dude, David Albaron. He was arrested after about a year and a half on the run. So the search for Mr. Albaron, uh, he was originally charged with sexual battery and lewd conduct with a child under 12. Well, guess who really started the effort to make sure he got caught? His daughters, Anna and Yannery, who apparently were posting quite frequently his photo to say, hey, help find this guy. Let's track him down. In fact, they said, please share and paint the city with this face. My father is a pedo, they write. He's on the run, and cops are looking for him. And, you know, this guy is quite the good dad, obviously. Uh, he's also apparently owes lots and lots of money on his child support as well. Now, like I said, he's been on the run, and uh, he hit the streets, so to speak, when he was 20 in 2022, when a young relative told her mother that she had been molested. And guess who? By Mr. Albaran. So he left. Mr. Albaran was recently uh, featured on America's Most Wanted at one point, and then the daughters started their social media campaign to get him so that he can go to prison. So there you go. Uh, people stepping up, doing the right thing. Now, obviously, Mr. Albaran is given the presumption of innocence, but let's get reasonable, ladies and gentlemen. When you skip town, on something like that, that shows a lot of consciousness of guilt and, well, let's face it, not looking so good for you. We'll keep you updated on this one. You know when the daughters are looking to find you because they believe that you're guilty? They're probably going to post when you're, in fact, guilty or found guilty by a jury of your peers. All right, let me give you an example and you let me know whether... This guy should be indicted. Now, remember, this is in Texas, all right? But let me give you a quick brief breakdown of the law. You have a right to defend yourself if you are in fear of death or serious bodily injury in most cases. Now, don't get me wrong. I think, well, you know what? We'll do that after. Let me give you the example, all right? So, a guy is going to be facing a grand jury uh, because he fatally shot a man who stole... Wait for it, his barbecue, all right? 
So the case is going to be turned over to the Harris County District Attorney's Office for presentation to the grand jury. The uh, Everybody hasn't uh, been uh, named and, and what have you, so we're going to talk in generalities. But according to the deputies, uh, somebody went to a residence in the city of Humble uh, regarding a man who had been fatally shot. Police claimed that the dead man had stolen a barbecue pit from a residence the homeowner stepped out and gave chase in his own vehicle to the man that stole his barbecue pit. And the homeowner caught up to and confronted the male who was stealing the barbecue pit a short distance away from the original scene. When he got out of his car and confronted the uh, individuals in the suspect uh, vehicle's car, he believed the driver of the suspect had possibly retrieved a weapon. Fearing for his safety, the homeowner fired several times at the suspect striking him. A second person in the car was not injured and is not being charged at this time. And the homeowner cooperated and gave a detailed statement that he was in fear of death or serious bodily injury. The question is, did he put himself into that situation, whereby potentially creating a duty where you can't be the initial aggressor, then you have to retreat before you can then aggress again. Interesting little fact scenario. Let me tell you what I would do. If I was a grand jury, a grand juror, if I was a grand juror, I would say no bill, no true indictment, set this man free. You say, why would you do that, Scott? The guy gave chase. It's just a barbecue pit. Well, we're not even going to consider the fact that it was in Texas, and I think it possibly is a death penalty offense if you steal a man's barbecue pit. But the point is that it's his property, Okay. Now, obviously, we've seen a huge rise in property crimes over the last couple of years because there's no repercussions whatsoever for stealing people's stuff because the law has basically said over the years, the legislature has said over the years, well, it's just stuff and nobody should lose their life over stuff. But I don't believe people, even in the legislature, truly understand the harm when you take other people's stuff. Okay. Yeah. It hurts when it's money, but it's your stuff. It's stuff that you don't have insurance for. You may not have the money to go buy new stuff. And so therefore it's gone. Not to mention, it's just a violation of your property rights when somebody takes your stuff, whether it be your backyard, your car, or entering your house committing a burglary. Now, most states, if there's a burglar taking place, you have a right to defend yourself. Usually you can shoot first and ask questions later. But in this case, he pursued them. So he probably has to retreat before he does that. But I say no indictment because I think if people thought that there was a consequence of, hey, whatever I'm going to steal, is this really worth my life? I think most people would say, yeah, probably not. I don't think I'm going to risk my life for a barbecue pit. And that's why I think you need to have harsher punishments for people that do steal stuff. And also, I hate to say it, but authorized deadly force for people stealing something of value. Hell, I'd say over a hundred bucks. It's your stuff, ladies and gentlemen, and nobody else should be taking it away from you. Bottom line. Let me know what you think in the comments. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of people stealing stuff and taking my stuff. And I'm just to the point where I have no tolerance for it at all. Everybody in the court acts like it's a victimless crime. It is not. And 
you know, uh, we finally changed the law here in uh, Colorado because they changed it. If you stole, stole somebody's car, it was only a misdemeanor. So surprisingly, the rates for motor vehicle theft went through the roof. I think Colorado had some of the highest motor vehicle theft rates in the country, if not the highest. And then they realized, they being the legislature, said, oh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. It's like anything in life. If you want more of something, you subsidize it, make there be no consequences for it, encourage that conduct, or you tax it by reducing the desire for it. Well, if the ultimate tax is, is it going to cost you your life? Guess what? Most people may say, let's not do it. Next on the docket, this guy's having a bad day. And um, let's just say he's having a really bad day. So please meet Brian Donaldson. Now, he is or was an attorney. His law license was suspended back in 2021 for, wait for it, wait for it. He was arrested and charged in connection with a human trafficking case, which is still pending in, in uh, federal district court. In his human trafficking case, uh, the indictment alleges that he knowingly used interstate commerce, which means go over state lines, to recruit, entice, harbor, transport, provide, obtain, advertise, maintain, patronize, and solicit a girl he knew was a minor for sexual intercourse. It's also alleged that uh, he knew and disregarded the fact that the minor was being forced to, to engage in the Commercial Sex Act by means of force, threats of force, fraud, coercion, any combination of touch. That is the federal human trafficking statute. So needless to say, um, our attorney today, Mr. Donaldson, was probably under a little bit of stress. Wouldn't you agree? Well, guess what? Uh, last Friday, he was taken into custody twice and charged each time with driving while intoxicated, a DUI. And on one of the cases, he refused to submit to a chemical test. So it is alleged that uh, some eight miles east of West Mississippi, Arkansas, where Mr. Donaldson was arrested, uh, he was first pulled over by deputies uh, at about 4.07 p.m. on a Saturday, doing a little day drinking apparently. Anyway, he was booked into the jail for DUI and by refusing to submit to a breath test. He was released less than two hours later at approximately 5.42 p.m. I guess that's kind of a revolving door, but hey, give your guy a summons, send him on his way. However, it didn't take more than about six hours before Mr. Donaldson was back in custody at approximately 9.59 p.m. on that same Saturday. He was booked for the second time for the exact same charge. He was then released at 3 a.m. Now, normally when you get booked in for a DUI and they aren't going to hold you, they give you a summons, but they usually turn you over to a sober party or you have to at least blow zeros in an intoxilizer machine to get out of the uh, facility there because they don't want to release you when you're drunk. So I don't know if this guy was sober, they cut him a break or what, but needless to say, he is a high rep learner. And um, now what he's really got to be worried about is his pretrial release supervision on his federal human trafficking case. Well, he could get that revoked and he could go into custody pending all of those cases. So Mr. Donaldson, I get it, obviously going through some difficult times, particularly if you're hiring young um, prostitutes across state lines, bad news, got some trouble there, not gonna lie. 
and, uh, and then you get two DUIs. I get it. You're under a stressful time. Probably nothing more than that. But hey, when it rains, it pours. And apparently it all rolls in threes. Human trafficking and two DUIs. Boom, 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 three. Good luck, Mr. Donaldson. And then finally today, our dumb criminal of the day. What would you do if a child called you a booger face? That's right. Betty Jean Union, she has a son, and her small son called her a booger face. Miss Union then smacked her child, breaking his glasses and leaving him with a couple of cuts on his face. Uh, apparently, like I said, Miss Union was uh, uh, quite angry at that name and uh, then slapped the uh, child with an open hand causing the uh, victim's glasses to break. Now, what happens now to the child? Well, it's unclear whether he went home with the Department of Human Services, Social Services, or whether he was the family members, but guess what? Ms. Union cannot have any contact with her own child. I'm sure the word booger face isn't um, as bad as it seems now that she is facing misdemeanor charges as well as not being able to be around her child. Guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, she is our dumb criminal of the day. All right. I want to thank you all for watching. I appreciate your patience while we travel to do legal work across the country. Should be back, in, assuming everything goes okay, we'll be back at the Crime Talk Studios tomorrow afternoon for a video. So uh, please join us. Anyway, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. And remember, the Constitution matters.